Praise God. <laughs> well, he never asked her any more questions. <laughs> Glory to God. Well, it's good to see everyone here. Amen. Good to have uh, some new faces and uh, to see some old friends again. Make up for the dozens that just normally, sh the, the regulars that didn't show today. <laughs> Nice weather, I guess. <laughs> Glory to God. Well, the people that show up for church don't want to get scolded for the ones that aren't here. Amen. <laughs> so God bless you. You're going to get something today. If you stay away. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Heavenly Father, thank you for this beautiful day that you have given us. Thank you for this place that you've given us to come and worship. Church is not about a building, Lord. It's about your people. Beautiful. And we just thank you for this group of your children who have come together to, to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for reviving us in your love. Thank you, Lord, that you are here with us. And we have expectancy, great expectancy, to receive from you today, Lord. We love you and we thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. I want to talk to you a little bit about the grace of God today. That's a 15-year a series I've been preaching. <laughs> Some of you get that later. <laughs> we never finish. We just stop and start again. Amen. Amen. It's either all about Jesus or it's all about nothing. And talking to you a lot about having the right doctrine, the right understanding of uh, prosperity for the believer. Amen. Yes. How many of you know God does want you prosperous? Amen. Amen. He does. And he's made provision for that. Jesus said in John 10, 10, that's the devil that causes all the trouble and brings poverty and steals and kills and destroys. He said he came that we might have life abundantly Amen. or to the full. Amen. Third John 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in good health even as thy soul prospers. Yes. We've been talking about the correlation between that prosperous soul and the physical prosperity that, that seem to go together. They need to. But just to solidify that before I move on from that, that God just wants you <clears throat> prosperous. Because he wants you, he wants to show you off, show off his grace to all the heavenly hosts, and, and he wants you to be kingdom builders. Mm -hmm. So if he can, if you can prove yourself a faithful steward, if he can get it through you, he'll get it to you. Amen. Psalm 35, 27 says, Let the Lord be magnified who hath pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Yes. It pleases him when we prosper in every way. Amen. 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 Philippians 4, 19 says, My God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Amen. According to his riches in glory. You know, God is the only source that has an unlimited supply. 
And if we're just looking at what sort of riches he might, I don't know the extent of his riches. I know that he uses pure gold for pavement in, the, in heaven. <laughs> so that's the concrete they use up there. Huh? Luke 12, 32, fear not, little flock. It is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Amen. My goodness. Psalm 37, 3 through 5. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Remember what I told you a lot about success is when preparation meets opportunity. So Christian translation, success is when a life of faith meets open doors of grace. Amen. Amen. So befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Amen. So let's let him put his desires in our heart and then walk together in lockstep with the Lord and walk in our real purpose. Amen. Amen. That's where we'll be fulfilled in every way. That's what true prosperity is because the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he has no sorrow with it. That means you're walking in agreement with God. You're working, walking in your destiny, in your purpose that you were born for. The, the pages and the, the days that he wrote out for your life that some never even enter into. God's not controlling the strings. We're not puppets or robots. We have to choose him. He says, you seek me and you will find me when you seek me with your whole heart. Huh. That's where a lot of our trains jump the track. <laughs> but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things that the world chases after. He'll just add those to you. And Jesus taught us something in Matthew 5 that the, the, the lust to do something is just as bad as the act itself, didn't he? They thought he was all about grace and love, and he is. So when they start talking about the Ten Commandments, he, he made them harder. He said, yeah, if you even never thought about it, you've done it. What? So he taught us there that just the lust or the desire to do something that's wrong is just as bad as doing it. It's just as bad as doing it. So what my point was last week that a lot of poor people, a lot of people living in poverty, which like I said, is of the devil, but they're just as guilty of the things they desire to do if only they had the money to do it. You know? So, it, so money is not the evil thing. So the solution isn't staying poor. It's dealing with the lusts of the heart. Amen. Or oh me. <laughs> it's the love of money that's the root of all evil, right? First Timothy 6.10. So money's just a tool. It's neither good nor evil. It can be a great asset in the hands of people with the right hearts. If they're also a good steward and they seek the Lord for wisdom on how to manage it properly. Because he needs kingdom builders. Amen. Amen. I can tell you over in Kentucky right now at Asbury, 
theological college, they, or whatever it is, I think that's it's, it's some kind of Bible college, Asbury. There's a lot of uh, kingdom builders being birthed in that movement right now. I love to see the hearts of the young people turning back to God. They're coming out of a woke lie into an awakened heart to God, for God. Amen. The Apostle John said, I have no greater joy than this, to hear of my children walking in truth. The truth. So his greatest concern was the prosperity of their soul their mind and will and emotions, the deciding factor in our lives. Huh? Then, with a prosperous soul, it's good and safe for them to have financial prosperity. You see? Then God can pour it on without worrying about pushing you away from Him. John says a prosperous soul walks in truth and in love and submits to, to godly authority and to the authority of the word and imitates godly mentors and examples. Amen. All good stuff. Galatians 5, 6 says, For in Christ neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything. Are you like, what? Not he... Let me put it, let me translate that into New Covenant. In Christ, neither your uh, religious calisthenics or your total disregard for them amounts to anything. Only faith working through love. Amen. Mm, amen. The Amplified says, only faith activated and expressed and working through love. I used to try to conjure up faith. Oh, I'm trying to believe harder. I'm just, and, I, and if you're not careful, you can make it into a work. But no matter what we do, if it's not motivated by love, it profits us nothing. And I don't want to get ahead of myself. But God is pointing us to a life of faith, isn't he? I mean, it's impossible to please God without faith. We know that. And this, this faith needs to be motivated by love. And it's, that's God's kind of love, the agape kind of love that is, 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 a, is giving, isn't worried about receiving. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah? Mm -hmm. I do something for my brother or my sister. I don't keep my eye on them for the payback. Right. That's right. I sowed as unto God. God sowed through me and now I don't I, I forget about it. Because now he's going to bring me a harvest hundredfold in my case because that's what I'm believing. And I don't care where it comes from. It doesn't have to be from the brother or sister, you see. Because there's lots of other brothers and sisters. When he wants to bless you, he will bring a person that's why you don't want to be a recluse and call yourself a Christian. You need to get out of the salt shaker. Amen. Let your little light shine. So faith motivated by love. Love that is obedient to Christ, to the word of God, 
that isn't rebellious or proud or mean. Huh? <laughs> Faith that puts Jesus first, your spouse second, if you have one, then your family and your church family, and then big that all people. Yeah, hello. All people. Above dogs, your little dogs, which we all love animals, your cat, trees, Mother Earth, the glaciers. God loves people above material possessions. God loves people. Jesus died for everybody. And our true, to mo our true motivation is something that can only really be discerned by God. Hmm? I, 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 I walk in uh, discerning of spirits many times. I can, I can know a lot about you. But as a, as a believer with an unction from the Holy Ghost, you, 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 I'm, the one up here in the pulpit makes themselves way more vulnerable than any of you ever will to me. You know, just by talking to you for an hour, you know a lot more about me. Amen. Yeah. 1 Samuel 16, 7. The Lord sees not as man sees. Remember when he was... When he was going to get rid of Saul. Man looks on the outward appearance. But the Lord looks upon the heart. I'm a six year old. She, been, she started talking to me in sign language. I'm like what? <laughs> They're smart these days. If God... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you a little parable, all right? Here's the thing. Here, here's, the, here's the thing that you need to come to terms with. If God is looking for, for hearts <laughs> motivated by love and faith, it shouldn't take long for us to realize we need help with that. Come on. Amen. I just said, you know, you were with me. You were with me as long as I said, love God, love uh, your spouse, love your family and church family. And then when I said everybody, everybody's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that one there. That's the reason I went to the Lord like after my first year in ministry and I was all teared up and down and dejected. I said, I got to quit. I got to quit, Lord, because I don't love your people like I'm supposed to. <laughs> I love you and I don't love your people like you're supposed to. And the Bible says I'm a liar if I say that, so I got to quit. Oh, he gets a kick out of us. <laughs> so he had to take me around and show me my heart. He had to show me I do care. I do love. We're all just a little different. Mm -hmm. 
I've seen a lot of death. I've seen a lot of destruction. I've seen a lot of nonsense. And I don't have time for a lot of silliness. But I still love you. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And he said, that's okay. That's okay. So, so I kept on. <laughs> Luke chapter 18, if you don't mind. And uh, verses 10 through 13. The good doctor. Not the great physician. That's Jehovah Rapha. Our God. But Luke who was not a Jew, was a doctor. So we call him the good doctor. Luke chapter 18, verses 10 through 13. Two men went up into the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee Standing by himself, prayed thus. God, probably pretty loud too, so everybody could hear it. God, I thank you that I'm not like other men. Extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. He even pointed somebody out there in the midst. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, he wouldn't even lift his eyes up to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Where he said a sinner there in the Greek, it's basically, he said, he took full responsibility. He said, have mercy on me, the sinner. You know, I'm, I'm the sinner. Yeah, of all these, I'm, they're good, and I'm, I'm not. <laughs> Notice that this scripture says that the Pharisee, the teacher of the, the law, the religious figurehead, he prayed. It says, it says here in the English Standard Version, it says, uh, standing by himself. In the, the King James, I think it says, with himself. <laughs> I like that because, honestly, the Lord's not participating in, in, a, in a prayer that's based on your own goodness. <laughs> Amen. Uh, this, this Pharisee, this, this religious leader who's in there bragging to God, he, he hadn't committed a lot of the outward sins that... that that most people had. I mean, honestly, he, he, but he was guilty of sins of the heart that we're talking about. Sins of the heart. The sin of trusting in ourselves is the worst sin of all, folks. Do you see that? This is a sin, you know why? Because it makes nothing out of the death of Jesus on our behalf. That's like all these people that go around, oh, we believe in Jesus, but we also, you know, if this is your thing, you know, and you're this, and you're a, you're a this, and you're a that, and you have this religion, well, it's all good. We're all trying to get to the same God. 
hey, that's the spirit of Antichrist. That's an easy definition. Why? Because it doesn't. It says they don't need Christ. Antichrist. Makes nothing out of the death of Jesus. And it substitutes us as our own Savior. Anybody in here going to try to be self-saved? Good. They all said no. To you online. I hope you did too. <laughs> Listen, without faith it's impossible to please God. But without Jesus, there's no grace. So there's nothing to put your faith in. Without Jesus' atoning blood, we're all still in our sins, beloved. God loves people. He loved that publican, that tax collector. They called them publicans. He, he, just, he stood apart from the decent people. He, he didn't accuse anyone else. He, he knew he was guilty. He was helpless and hopeless apart from the mercy and the grace of God. And, and that's not a bad place to start with God, folks. Not a bad place at all. I would have liked to have been there that day. I'd have took him and helped him. I'd have discipled that man. He was ready. He was ready. Give me a bunch of them over those, those Pharisees. Impress me if you can. No thanks. No thanks. Give me the tax collector. Give me the, give me the sinner who's ready to come to God. Listen, God loves people. None of us can be righteous in the sight of God through our own righteousness. I know I'm, I'm telling, I'm singing to the choir here. I'm preaching to the choir. I'm telling Noah about the flood, right? You all know this. But what Peter said, redundancy is good in God. It's good. I'm going to keep reminding you, he said, as long as I'm here. Isaiah 64, 6, because we're getting something. You're going to be blessed today. Amen. Isaiah 64, 6, but we all, we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousness is as filthy rags. Old Testament scripture. So I'll just add, apart from Jesus. Huh? Yeah. Because now you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And so... You don't ever want to go back to the old covenant. Make sure you understand everything written on that blank page between Matthew and Malachi because it says a lot. Some of you are going to get that later. <laughs> Romans 3.10, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. Verse 23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. This is Paul on his way on this beautiful journey describing the grace of God and what has been done for them. Again, apart from Jesus, mm -hmm. everybody in the same boat, the Pharisee and the publican. 
Only problem is the tax collector knew he was sinful. The publican had a sale reserved for him in hell. Unless he changed. I always like to think they all changed at some point. <laughs> some people think the rich young ruler that walked away and couldn't even give a dollar, they think that was Mark. Hey, I'm cool with that. I can't wait to find out one day. Oh, I can wait, but <laughs> I'm going to ask him when I see him. Was that you? <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Not promoting a sinful life, it's way better if you don't have to bounce so hard off the bottom like I did <laughs> to get your wake-up call. Mm -hmm. Or like this publican or tax collector. But we weren't all raised in church from a, in a good family. and the, Most of us as parents even didn't, uh, didn't assume our proper role. We didn't maybe understand it or we're just too caught up in ourselves to raise up our children in the fear and admonition of the Lord. So, but don't get me wrong, it's good to live a holy life, isn't it? And the closer you get to Jesus, the better your life is going to be just as a byproduct of hanging out with him all the time. Isn't that true? He's good, and so are you if you're born again. And it takes a while to figure it all out and get your minds renewed. But just keep walking with him. You're going to keep becoming more and more like him. Amen. Amen. So our good behavior, it benefits us in lots of ways. In our relationships in this life, it benefits us. And it prevents Satan from having an opportunity against us. Isn't that what it says? Romans 6, 16 says, whoever you're in agreement with, that's whose slave you are. Either the devil unto death or... Jesus unto eternal life. I'm paraphrasing, but that's what it means. And then 1 Peter 5, 8 says that, that that devil is roaming around like a roaring lion. He's not one. He's already defeated. He's been taken as a public, public spectacle on a parade with Jesus leading, the, riding on the chariot, dragging him behind him in chains in triumphal victory over him, but most Christians, as Andrew says, miss the parade. So he's roaming around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Who is it that he may devour? Those of us who let him. We give him an inroad through sin, don't we? We're the ones that open the doors and the windows and then we blame God when we, you know, we, we, we invite the devil to all of our parties and open every door and window for him and send out the invitation and expect him not to accept. And then, oh God, why are you doing this to me? Oh, poor Jesus. He don't deserve that. He don't deserve it. So our good behavior benefits us a lot, but it can't make us right with God. How many times have I said it? I've got to say it several times. We have to trust God. We have to receive his gift of righteousness. It's a gift. Amen. Completely on the basis of faith in what Christ did for us. 
you don't believe me, I'm not going to go there. Read, read Romans chapter 4, chapter 5, chapter 9, chapter 10. Read Galatians and Philippians chapter 3, please. This is the truth that this parable is talking about. That's why I read it today. Plus, this is the parable that they preached on at the Asbury Revival in that service before the, the revival broke out. I'm not trying to put God in a box. I just got to reading it after I read about that, and I just, the Lord told me to minister on it today. So it's helping somebody. Amen. Amen. Great parable, anyway. Especially for people that, how many people you, you meet and say, oh man, it's too late for me. I done made my bed. I'm going to lie in it. I don't want to be a hypocrite. All that stuff. And I'm like, you got to convince them, wait, that's not how it works. It's not too late. Start today. Agree with God. You'll be ahead of 90% of the Christians who've been in church their whole life. <laughs> it wasn't the Pharisees' actions. The the, it wasn't the preacher's actions. His life wasn't what was wrong, was it? But he put his faith in those actions. That was his problem. His faith was in his own actions as the basis of justification with God instead of a Savior. Is that, is that five times yet? I got to say it five times for grace. Now, the tax collector, on the other hand, his actions were wrong. Nobody's saying that the things he had done, because these guys were basically bad. They were Jews who collected taxes for the Roman gov occupying government from their own people. And then they took some extras for themselves. They were usually rich because they were swindling their own people and they were working for the enemy. No wonder people hated them. So it was, we're not saying he was living a wonderful life. But he threw himself totally on the mercy of God and looked to him for salvation. And that's where he got it right. His faith then was counted to him as righteousness. Just like it was with us. Just like Father Abraham. That's why the blessing of Abraham has come upon us. Same thing. Not by works. But by faith, we, we believe God and it's credited to us as righteousness. Hallelujah. That's the almost too good to be true news, the gospel. You know? I could go to that publican and tell him, listen, buddy, Mr. Pharisee, if you don't, if you don't change your mind and throw yourself on the mercy of God, you're going to go to hell. That's not the gospel. It's the truth, but it's not the gospel. The gospel is the good news that I have for the tax collector. Mm -hmm. right. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. And I got the same news for the publican if he'll change. Mm -hmm. The tax collector's heart was repentant and was in a place where God could begin to deal with him, you see? And that's all that any of us ever need. Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9 says, For by grace, by grace you've been saved through faith. 
So it's unmerited because it's not of yourself. It's the gift of God, not by works, not by good behavior, not by anything you can do to earn it, lest any man should boast. God's never going to have you telling him he owes you something. He's never going to outgive God. Ever, ever, ever. He's not going to be indebted to me or you. Amen. Or owe me. So Romans 11.6 tells us again, it's unearned. And if it's by grace that we've been saved, then it's no more of works. No more of good deeds. No more of good behavior. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, if it did something we did to deserve it, then it's no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. If it's work, you get paid for work and you're entitled to it. How many of you back up to the boss's desk on Friday and say, can I please have some money? Say, hey, you got my check? Don't mess with my money. Because you earned it. He owes it to you. Did you earn your salvation? Mm -hmm. Never could. They tried for 1,500 years because they boasted at the foot of Mount Sinai, whatever God says, we'll do it. Dumb. Dumb thing to say. <laughs> and right away they started sinning. Moses went down there. And you know God carved out those first two tablets and then he wrote it on them and Moses broke them, didn't he? Read through that story and see if you don't see something funny. God's funny. He made Moses carve the next two. He wrote on them, but Moses had to chisel them out. <laughs> anyway, I always thought that was funny. God has a sense of humor. <laughs> By God's mercy, he didn't give us the death that we deserved. And by grace, Jesus came and destroyed the works of the devil. That's what he came for, isn't it? And that's still our mission today. Because he's defeated, but he's not dead yet. He's not gone. But listen, Jesus came. He destroyed the works of the devil. He took our sin on his body on the cross. He took every aspect of the curse from Deuteronomy chapter 28 in exchange for all of his good that we walk in and enjoy today. He made us righteous with his righteousness. He provided everything that we need for life, this life and godliness. By his stripes we were healed. He gave us his peace as a gift in John 14, 27. He put his divine life inside of us. He went up into heaven. Don't touch me yet. I haven't gone to be with my father. He went up into heaven. He put his blood on the mercy seat of heaven. There's a real temple in heaven, just like the model of the one that Moses built, but much nicer and bigger. Jesus walked in there right in front of his father and all the heavenly angels, and he put his blood right on that mercy seat. God looks down in there and sees the broken commandments, the, the rod of Aaron, which shows our rebellion against his given authority, 
the manna, the jar of manna that we rebelled against. Give us meat, all the negative, ugly. He looks down to see that again and he can't see anything because all he sees is the blood of his beautiful son, Jesus Christ, crying out, mercy, Lord, mercy. These are my children and I love them. Romans 9, I mean 8, verse 9 through 11. Almost done here. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. You're a brand new person. If, in fact, the spirit of God, Holy Spirit, dwells in you, anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. Anybody in that boat today, make sure you come forward before we leave. We're going to get that fixed. Amen. But if in Christ, if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies yes. through his spirit who dwells in you. Yes. Death has lost its sting. Mm -hmm. When sickness tries to come against you, you say, oh, no, 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 no. I give no place for you. You just protect the victory that's already been won. You see, you're not trying to get God to give you anything. If he didn't do it for Jesus 2,000 years ago through the atonement on the cross, he's not going to do it for you now. Find out what the promises and provision of God are for you and just lay claim to them. And when something tries to come against you, which it will, you say, no, 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 no. Get away in the name of Jesus. This is the temple of the Holy Spirit of God. I give no place for sickness. I give no place for infirmity. I give no place for strife. I give no place for depression. I give no place for anything that is not of God. Amen. In Jesus' name. And now... By the power of the Holy Spirit, you have been empowered and have overcome the evil one. Huh? According to 1 John chapter 2, praise God. Little children, I write to you because you have overcome the evil one. Yeah. Sometimes people just don't know it yet. By grace, God has given you all things through Jesus Christ. It was his good pleasure to give you the kingdom. You're his children, and he's called you to a life of love and faith by grace. Praise God. Amen. The grace of God. Now listen to this, and I'm finishing here. The grace of God is a presence. Is a presence. God marked my life with grace. I was born 5'5", five, five, 65, the youngest of five. The number five is the number for grace. I st he started teaching me about grace. I started stepping on a $5 bill everywhere I went. I was going to a Bible study, my wife and I, to preach. And they wanted to, they wanted to have a Bible study on the book of Revelation. I was like, good, it's full of grace. Most people don't see it that way. Especially these people I was with are going to minister to. I'm like, Lord, what do I do? And I'm telling my wife, what am I going to say? These people are going to reject me. I'm going to tell them what great news it is. 
And she goes, you just do what God tells you. And right about that time, we're at a red light. The Suburban goes across in front. It's got that white shoe polish on there that they write for the kids when they're in a uh, sports. It says, go, Will, number five. <laughs> I said, all right, that's good enough for me, Lord. Good enough. He's fun. And the grace of God is sufficient. The grace of God is a presence. I had to, I had to, I've been, the grace of God is so much a part of my, the center of my ministry and my life and, and to understand and, to, and sometimes it's been so fleeting, like trying to grasp water. You'll have it and then you don't, don't, if it, just me, okay, well, but. I mean, I'm going to put it to you in a way today that's going to make it beautiful, okay? I'm going to try. But the, 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 the grace of God is like a presence of provision and love and anointing and blessings and favor of Jesus that is an amazing place to live. And you can because you are now under grace. Walking in grace. Opening the eyes of your heart. I want you just to try and focus and just see this with me for a minute. Psalm 5, verse 12. One of my favorite scriptures. I've been praying this over my daughter, my wife, family members for years and years. For you bless the righteous, O Lord. You cover him with favor as with a shield. The favor of the Lord surrounds you as a shield. The favor of the Lord surrounds you as a shield. The grace of God surrounds you as a shield. That's, that's what grace is. Un unearned, unmerited, undeserved blessing and favor of God. Amen. So Amen. we can just interchange favor and grace right there. The grace of God covers you. Grace, God's grace in this scripture is as a shield. And you need to just see that with your spiritual eye. Just see that shield. It, it keeps us protected from our enemies. It, it drives back the evil forces that oppose us. It protects us from harm and danger all around us. Spiritual, emotional, physical, even financial. His grace or his favor continually surrounds and protects you. I'm speaking it today. I'm telling you to receive it. I'm telling you to see it and make it your own. It's important that we see the promises of God and make them our own so that they will come to, into the natural realm where we can benefit from them. There are already realities in the spiritual realm. Amen. No evil force can penetrate this shield. Can you see it? Yes. <laughs> it's important that you can. Use your faith and, and, and just put your trust in God. 
<clears throat> to imagine it and to, to, to see it with your spiritual sight. The shield of grace. Just, just try to envision it with me now. Just all around you, all the time. And this, this huge shield that's impenetrable. Uh, it's held there by angels, giant angels that are assigned to you at the direction of the Holy Spirit of God and commanded by the King of Kings, Jesus Christ, the commander of the, the, the armies of God himself. And the, as the Father watches in approval over you. Please see it with me. Don't see it for somebody else. That's okay. Do that later. See it for you first. It's like that oxygen mask dropping down in the plane. They say put it on yourself before the child because if you're no good to help them, <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Receive the help you need. That's the acronym for this church. On the back of the t-shirt I'm wearing underneath this dress shirt, which is probably inappropriate, but that's just me. It says help, heal, empower, love, and prosper. That's what we do. We receive the help from God, and then we go and give it to others. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. You need to reckon it. You know what it means to reckon it so? I, I reckon so. That you reckon it so in your own life. Put your trust and your confidence in it, in Jesus. That's what he died to provide you with. Don't let those be some of the tears he wipes away because you didn't realize it or get it in this life and you could have had so much more and done so much more for others. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And as you go about your life and all the, the struggles, I, I know how hard life can be. Believe me. You're going to face trials and tribulations. He didn't say he's going to take those away. He just said he'll be with you through them. See the grace of God at work. Listen to the words of Paul as he describes his tremendous endeavors for the kingdom of God in 1 Corinthians 15, 10. He says, but, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. By the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. He was saying he, he had done so much. He said, on the contrary, I worked harder than any of them. Talking about Peter and James and all those guys. He said, I worked harder than all of them. Though it was not I, but the grace of God that was with me. He gave credit to God. Let it be the same with you. Realize it's not you. Don't, don't fight in your own strength. See the grace of God ever before you. Always as a shield around you. Always working in you and through you and for you. To the glory of God. Don't ever take the credit. Give all the glory to God and let him fight your battles. You're, you're his responsibility. You're his child and he loves you. Do all that you do in all of the strength that he gives you to do it in and all the wisdom that he provides and the provision he gives you, knowing it's him that works in you to will and to do his good pleasure. And he that began a good work in you is going to bring it all the way to completion on that day when you finally see him face to face and he says, well done, good and faithful servant. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
Do you love him today? Amen. Do you know he loves you? Yes. Do you see what he's done for you? Yes. You're going to walk in it? Yes. You're going to help others to see it for themselves? Yes. I pray that you do. Yes. I love you all. God bless you. God loves you. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day and for your precious word. We just love you, Lord, and we just, it's just, it's just unspeakable. Not that we can't speak about it. It's just that it's so, so good that it's just so hard to explain to you. We just, words aren't good enough to show and to realize what you have done on our behalf. But help us to have greater revelation of everything that you have done for us and the knowledge of your love so that we can walk with greater confidence in humility, but with great confidence in you and in the grace of God working in us and through us from you because of what you've done. Thank you, Lord, for loving us, for writing our names in the Lamb's Book of Life. Thank you, Lord, that we're here just for a flicker. This is not a dress rehearsal, so help us to go out and spend all the grace that you give us for today. And then tomorrow, let's start over and say, Lord, what do you have today? Let's go. Help us to be kingdom builders, Lord, and start. Help, help us to see ourselves. Help us to put us on the right track of the vision that you have for our lives. Put your vision, your dreams in our heart and help us to begin pursuing those dreams for us and our families and for the kingdom of God. Let us do our part, Lord, so that when we do see you face to face, it's going to be a wonderful celebration. Meanwhile, Lord, thank you for the revivals, this great awakening that has begun around this nation. Lord, thank you for all the young people, young and old, that are coming to you, Lord, and being refreshed and revived and put on course, Lord, and just being touched by you. We just thank you that this continues. Don't let it stop, Lord. Let this fire continue to spread all around our nation and the world, Lord, and bring hearts of man back to you, Lord, so that we can be called once again a Christian and godly country who loves you and loves people and help us to be used to send the gospel out to all of those who are are never able to hear of, of the gospel of the good news, Lord. Help us read, reach all the, all the publicans and all the tax collectors, so to speak, Lord. The sinners and the ones who are deceived into thinking that they're, that they're their own saviors, Lord. You, you died for them all, so let us, let us love them all. But we know that that's supernatural. It's not something natural. Even in traffic, we'll start this week in traffic, Lord. We'll practice there, and we'll just love them all. Bless them, Lord. Bless them. They, they must be in a hurry. They must have had a hard day, and we'll just take it from there, and we'll just, the ones that, the ones that ridicule us and mock us for being Christians, Lord, we'll just love them and tell them how much you love them, too, and sow that seed, Lord, and we'll just expect you to go send someone else along to water that seed, Lord. And we just thank you for helping us to be kingdom builders, to populate heaven and to vacate hell in the name of Jesus. Thank you for all of those who are here, Lord. I ask that you bless them and meet them all at their point of need. Fill them up to overflowing with your spirit, Lord. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah. And everyone watching or listening by other means and other formats and other places all around the world, we love you, we bless you. The anointing is touching you and healing you in your bodies. Someone's being healed right now. Stage four cancer. Be healed right now. Receive it. Just say, I receive it, Lord. I'm healed right now in Jesus' name. I see a broken left ankle being healed right now in Jesus' name. Throw those crutches up, away. Stand up and jump upside, up, up and down and shout and praise the Lord that he healed you. I see, can, I see, I see lung disorders and respiratory problems all being healed right now in Jesus' name. Sinuses being cleared up, ears being opened right now in the name of Jesus Christ. I speak health and wholeness to all blood disorders. Blood, be straightened out. Blood sugar, be straightened out. No more diabetes, be healed right now in Jesus' name. It's gone. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Those with financial obligations that they just have been crying out to God, how am I going to meet this obligation, Lord? It's done right now. It's already been provided. Just believe and receive. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. There's something that is demonic. There's a, there's a blockade keeping you from receiving that breakthrough. Just pray through it. Pray through it. Pray through it. Break, break, break. Break that demonic stronghold right now in Jesus' name. Now comes the flood. Now comes the flood waters. There it comes. There it comes. Provision is coming. Provision is coming. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for releasing ministry gifts. Whatever ministry gifts have been sitting dormant, Lord, I ask that you touch them now in Jesus' name. Those in our midst and those who are not here but by hearing by some other means, let them... Let them all of a sudden get an overwhelming passion and desire to serve you, Lord, in some capacity, either the fivefold ministry or one of the other gifts to, gifts to serve in their church, Lord. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers are being birthed all around the world and in our midst. Let them begin to know, give them an unction, a knowing from the Holy Ghost, and then send a prophet. Lord, to confirm that word, and then we'll lay hands on them, and we'll, we'll ignite that gift in them, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Somebody has a word here. Somebody has a word in, in our midst. Someone have a word from God here in our midst. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Even now, our, our new church facility is, is being prepared for us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's being prepared for us even now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Your will be done, Lord, on earth as it is in heaven. You are El Shaddai. You're Jehovah Jireh. 
You are Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. Thank you, Lord, that you are here in our midst. Whatever your need is, just reach up right now and grab hold of it. It's right there waiting for you. In Jesus' name. Yes. Amen. Amen. Deception. That's the enemy's tactic. Deception. He wants to misplace the blame. He wants us to blame God for the things he's doing. He's the one that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. All death is from the devil. Everything good is from God. Good God, bad devil. Don't be deceived. Don't let him condemn you. Condemn, to be condemned is just to be for him, it's just like a building. It's unfit for use. And that's what the devil wants you to think is that you're unfit. The grace of God that the preacher's talking about, yeah, that's good for the rest of these folks, but you know what you did. That's what he's gonna try with you. He's a liar. He's a liar. Jesus knew what you were gonna do too when he was hanging there on the cross and he suffered and endured that cross, despising its shame, looking past the cross, he saw you in his future. He saw a family, and that's what he was dying for, and he said, it's well worth it, Father. Your will be done, not mine. Amen, amen. He loves you. I love you. God bless you. You are dismissed. Amen.